Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey everybody, David Nagel, welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. Today I'm going to go over some serious questions that you should ask yourself in your lifetime. I think it was I think it was Anthony Robbins that said uh, the quality of your life depends on the quality of your question, something like that. I'm kind of paraphrasing there. I realized that um, in my youth, I had a lot of questions that were going on in my mind. Um, some came from people, some came from books, some came from contradictions that I saw in life. And it was in the answering of some of these questions or searching for the answer that I found out a lot about myself. But what I've also found is there's a lot of people that either don't ask these questions or they have an absolute answer that does not lead them in a positive direction. So I just want to give you a few questions. It's something that uh, when you get a chance, write it down, carry it with you, really think about it, meditate on it, contemplate what the answers really are. But here is a word of caution. Do not necessarily go with your first reactive answer, um, especially if your reactive answer is an absolute in the negative or there doesn't seem like there's any potential for your life to get better uh, with that answer. Because if you really think about it, even though these questions are relatively simple in the way I'm going to ask them, they're extraordinarily powerful in where they can lead you in either direction, I would say. Okay, question number one. What is the most important thing to me and why? Um, You know, we see so many people in life that are living lives, you know, in that whole idea of like quiet desperation. Um, They're in relationships they don't want to be. They're working for someone that they don't want to be. They're in a job that they don't like. They're possibly living in a neighborhood or a house that they don't like. Um, they are, they're not satisfied with who they're being as a person. And this question is very important to answer this question. However, if you don't understand why you're answering the question, what your why is behind this question, it can be very fatalistic uh, in, its, in its experience because if a person doesn't think that they can change anything, or make anything better, then the answer might not sound good. When I first, um, when I, if I, the first time I probably would have asked this question as an adult, if I was answering it factually, it would have been the most important thing in my life was that I had to take care of my family, that I had to earn enough money to take care of my family. And while that's a great that's a great, uh, important thing to have, especially if you have a family. Is it the most important thing in your life? Um, you know, the, 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 to me, the most important thing in my life is that I'm following my purpose, my reason for being here. Now, some people might ask this, you know, hear this question after they set up a ton of responsibilities in their life. So they default to, well, my family's the most important thing in my life. But don't, and, and, that, and, I'm, not, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying that I don't think we're taught this question early enough in life 
so that we can come to a really solid answer to give ourselves some direction to set up the rest of our life. Doesn't mean that we can't change it. We absolutely can. People do it all the time. But we need to take these questions, we need to throw them into our mind, and we really need to contemplate what they actually mean to us. And over time, I think awareness helps change it. So again, the first one is, what is the most important thing to me? And when you have your answer, why? Why is it important? You should be able to say why, uh, come up with a reason why. Number two, what am I willing to sacrifice for that's important to me? Um. Every time, or I should say, yeah, every time and any time that we're going to make a change, any time that we're going to do anything in our life, when we make a decision on anything, we're sacrificing something else. That's an absolute truth. <laughs> so if I decide that um, I am going to learn something, I'm going to have to put some time into study, application, changing habits, maybe getting to know people, whatever is required for me to learn something. And that is time and space that is taken up in my life, which means I'm going to have to sacrifice whatever was in that time and space prior uh, to this idea. There is nothing gained in our life without the sacrifice of something else. Now, the way that I was taught this, and I thought that it was a really good concept was like we're not we're not talking about like sacrificing a goat or something weird you know weird like that but it's sacrificing something of a lower nature in order to gain something of a higher nature so when you when you're looking at your life you're trading that time for something you're sacrificing something the question is what are you willing to sacrifice for i mean what is important enough in your life that you're willing to sacrifice maybe some leisure time, maybe a hobby? Um, it was interesting for me. I, you know, I hit a point in my life where there was something extremely important to me, probably something that had showed up that was more important than anything else that uh, I experienced in my life. And I made a, probably for the first time, a real conscious sacrifice when, when I kind of hit bottom in, uh, in my life because I had made some really bad choices about, you know, not getting educated and deciding to start a family early, and I, dis and I realized that I needed to study to find out what was causing these simple changes to occur in my life for the good, I sacrificed everything else. I, I stopped listening to music. I stopped going to movies. I stopped. Fishing was a hobby of mine at the time that I would do whenever I got a chance. I gave that up. Outside of my doing things with my wife and children, I gave everything else up. I basically stopped anything that, that was not part of me finding this answer. So it was work, my wife, my kids, the things that were important to them. Uh, but everything that was, that was me time, I actually sacrificed that for a long period of time, probably about seven years for the most part, um, in order to put study into that time. So it was reading, going to seminars. I, I, I had a lot of time that I used to drive back and forth to work, so I listened to a tremendous amount of uh, audio products that were books on tape, seminars on tape, speakers on tapes, biographies on tape. And I was willing to sacrifice that because I was looking for very specific answers because I had a breakthrough. I had a breakthrough that my life got a little bit better in a very dramatic way in a very short period of time. 
And I wanted to find the answers to that. So that became very important to me. Now, here's something that's really interesting. Just a few years before that, and I literally mean just a few years before that, studying was not important to me. When I was in high school, I was the king of, of cutting classes. I, 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 would go, I would go to work, actually. That's what I did most of the time. But I just was not into studying. I wasn't into school at all. So um, even when it came time for me to make the decision to either stay in school for another year or to, to quit high school, to me, the answer was obvious. I was like, I was out of there. I didn't want to study. But when the importance of that changed in my life to my perspective and my reality, then the idea of sacrificing something to get more of that, to move my life forward, meant everything in the world to me. So that's just my experience. What's your experience on it? Number three, what purpose would I consciously trade for in my life? Now, um, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> I wrote it right, read it wrong. What purpose would I consciously trade my life for? Now, this is a, this is a big question. I think that the first thing that we have to do is to realize whatever it is that we're doing in our life, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're trading our life for that thing. So if we're working, we're trading our life for that thing. If we're in a relationship, we're trading our life for that thing. Meaning that those are the things that are taking up the minutes, the hours, the days, the weeks, the years of our life, and we don't get it back. That is not something that is ever returned to us. So um, we, the idea is that we're making a really good trade. What are you using the resource of your life for, and how important is that to you? Why the important part? Because if we're going to consciously trade our life for something, we have to be aware of what it is. And of course, it has to have some meaning to us. Now, when I was a kid, nobody ever said this to me. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, do good in school, grow up, get married, you know, get a, get a good job. But nobody ever said to me, listen, David, you know, you have a life. Nobody knows how long that life is going to be. Nobody ever knows how long anybody's life is going to be. Make sure that you're trading that life for something that you love or something that's important to you or something that you feel has value, um, something that you consciously want to trade it for. I think the unconscious indication was probably trade it for safety, trade it for security because it was education, get a good job, that type of thing. But there was an awful lot of uh, negative indication there that, that anything great was not going to be part of my life. Um, I'm sure they wanted me to be happy, but nobody ever really said to me in any way that I can remember that this is one of the most important decisions that a person can make to really think about what it is they want to actually trade their life for. So again, the question is, what purpose, what purpose would I consciously trade my life for, knowing that you, you don't get that time back? What is a good trade in, you, in your consciousness? Number four, what do I really love? Now, there's a second part to this question, but let me, let me get to the, the, let me do the first part first. I think that it's a mixed bag when it comes to raising children all around the world, that at least from what I have seen, there's very few people that raise their kids with the idea that they can be what they love, do what they love, 
be with people that they love, uh, enjoy their life from a, a, a you know with with having a higher value of of love in it. You know, really, really enjoying, really loving what it is that they do. So, being that that's the case, what ends up happening is security uh, and safety and certainty become the value system, and kids are directed toward things that will give them those skill sets. They don't really have the time unless they stumble upon it to find out what it is that they do love. Uh, many times it's, it's not, there's not enough experience to find out what we love. So the second part of the question is, if I don't know, am I willing to do um, a serious search until I find out? Meaning that if you, if you wake up one day maybe because you you thought about this question and you and you ask yourself you know or you say to yourself you know I'm realizing that I'm not really in love with the things that I'm doing in my life there's not a real passion there and the scary thing is is that I'm not seeing anything that is jumping off the page at me saying this is what I love, this is what I would be passionate about. So um, am I willing to search until I find what that thing is, meaning travel, explore, learn, um, develop different skill sets, meet new people. I really truly believe to the bottom of my heart that every single person has the ability to find what they really love in their life and then do that um, you know, basically for all of their life. You know, really let... The, that that harmony of spirit, that harmony of purpose, that harmony of like, I feel like this is the thing that I want to spend my life doing because there's a passion, there's a real love there. I think that that's available for every single person. I don't think many people are conscious of the idea that that's there for them. Um, if you're answering it in a way where you say, I don't know that that's realistic, what if it was realistic? What if you could move it to the part of your mind where it, it, it's actually a possibility um, that that's out there. I don't think that, you know, some people have the ability to love their life and other people are put here to just suffer and be miserable. I do believe part of it is an attitude of mind, no question. But I also believe that there are things out there that are part of our purpose. And I do think that our desire, if we'll start to follow it, will lead us to that thing. So, what do you really love? And if you're not sure, are you willing to search until you find it? Number five, what excites me? Um, if you don't know, if your answer is, I don't know what excites me. If you don't know, why is it that you don't know? The, the, the surface answer, the easy answer, is that you've never been exposed to something that excites you. But that's not the complete answer because it can also be a state of mind where you have not given yourself permission or somebody told you that it was wrong to really be excited about life. Like that's silly, you can't do that. Um, I've seen people that were raised in, in situations where the people around them were suffering, their parents may have been suffering, there were tremendous hardships going on, there could be abuse, there could be all different kinds of things. And it's almost like they would feel guilty if they were excited about life. Or they would feel guilty if they were excited about life and they're still in an environment of people that are miserable 
with their life. That's a very real possibility. I see that I see that very frequently. So there are some other questions that go with this, and I think that, well, there's some questions, other questions that go with every one of the questions that are going to come to your mind because it kind of opens the door. You know, you start thinking about things differently. And I do think that they're very important questions that lead to a better life. And without asking the questions, you don't get there. So what excites me? And if you don't know, why is that? Number six, am I having fun in my life? And if not, why? Now, fun and excitement in this context, I believe, are two different things. Uh, excitement is, you know, you're kind of, you you're jump out of bed in the morning, you're excited about life. You really, you really love the idea that you get what to do in, in your life. You're with people that you're excited to be with. You're learning. Whatever it is that turns you on, like, that excites you. Now, if you're having fun in your life, kind of indicates your approach to life. Are you so serious that you can't have fun? Are you constantly worried about consequences where you can't have fun? You're not allowing yourself to step into the enjoyment of the things that you do or the people that you're with. Do you have to be so serious that if somebody else cracks a joke or they're having fun, you got to shut them down or make them wrong in your mind or move away from them or find something wrong with them? Unfortunately, a lot of people really deal with this kind of a psychology, and there's many reasons for it. But I think that things that bring us pleasure and joy are also indications of the direction that we should move into. And I know that there's probably some of you that are going, well, there's all the kinds of things that bring you pleasure and joy, but you don't necessarily go down that road. Yes, that's true. I agree. There's, there's no question about that. However, I'm talking about having fun in your life with things that mean a lot to you, with the people that mean a lot to you, doing your work, upholding your value system, your, your own ethics. Are you having fun? And if not, why? So I'm not going to answer that question for you, but if you're not, ask the question why. Like really let that sink in and consider Whatever your subconscious mind tells you, because what I know about this, what I know about this is this: if you ask these questions, even if you don't get an immediate answer, if you just sit with it and you just let the the question kind of just hang there in your mind, you're going to start to get information that bubbles up from inside of you that starts to answer these these questions and points you in a direction. A question is almost like a command to your mind to find the answer. So it's going to search for what's real to me, what's, uh, what's in my past, what's, in, what's important to me, what do I really believe about this, possibly what have I heard about this in my life. And those kinds of answers are going to, they're going to mean a lot as far as the direction that you go. Number seven, is asking for help a value for me? Um, I think it's unfortunate that so many people are raised with the idea that asking for help is not being a man or being a woman or being self-sufficient or having pride. There's, there's been a lot of indication for a long period of time in, from different directions in humanity that asking for help is not a good thing. And asking for help not only is one of the most fantastic things because there's always somebody that knows more than us. There's always somebody that has a valued opinion. Um, it's, I think it's essential. It's absolutely essential. It allows us to receive, and allowing ourselves to receive is a really great thing. 
Uh, we, we cannot knock that in our life. It'll open doors. It'll lead you down different roads. It'll provide you with tremendous opportunity in your life. And the one thing is true. If you look at people whose lives have changed, you'll always find out that they were able to, either able to ask for help or receive it when it showed up in their life. Number eight, do I believe I can change? And if not, why not? Um, Great question. Do I believe I can change? I remember somebody asked me this question one time. They said, David, do you believe that you can change? And I was talking, you know, basically about where I was in life. And uh, I was very, very far away from where I am now. Um, and I, my answer was, I don't know. I don't know if I can change. Part of not knowing at that point in my life was that I hadn't really experienced um, my own commitment to change, my own discipline to change, but also I hadn't really experienced much opportunity to change. It seemed like life for me and my kind was you know, pretty much laid out, and that's the way that it is. But once I started to believe that I could change, um, I started to see tremendous opportunity. So great. The question again is, do I believe I can change? And if not, why not? Number 10, how much money would I really like to earn and why? How much money would I really like to earn and why? Um, this can go down uh, many different directions. And one of them is how do we value money? What is our value? What is our belief? What is our money story? But, you know, money without question adds to the quality of our life. It adds to how we're going to live our life. How, we're gonna, how our children are going to live their life, uh, how we're going to live our life in different stages of our life. But think about this when you ask this question. Before you answer it, right? Again, you want to stay, you really want to stay away from the reactive answer, especially if the reactive answer is negative, like, I don't need that much money, right? Well, have you even really thought about it? Because if you say, I don't need that much money, what you're really saying is, I don't need that many things. I don't want to experience all that much in my life. You're also saying, I don't want to do that much good in my life. You can do a little bit of good with, with not a lot of money, but you can never do a lot of good without a lot of money because good extends the service beyond your physical presence. So if you ever want to do something on a bigger scale, either you need money or the people that you're working with to do good things needs more money. The other thing is that there's almost an indication that there's something bad about it. But really think about this. When it comes to my life, the, if I come from the place of what I really want in my life, unconsciously, I'm also aware that everything has a financial component to it. So if I had heard sometime in my life it's not okay to want things because maybe my family didn't have money or we were living in a hardship or something like that, I may think I'm doing something wrong by wanting a lot of money. And I may have to flip that in my mind. So let yourself go down some of these roads when it comes to the, to the money idea and really explore it. Because what you're really saying is, how would you really like to live your life if money was not an issue? If, you, if whatever you needed to live there, however you want could show up in your life, how would you actually live? Right? So this is just another way of asking the question, kind of addressing it from a trigger point for most people. And last but, but, but not least, do I have a dream? Do I have a dream? Um, I believe that this is true. I believe everybody at least had a dream at one point in time. It may not have been a mature dream. It may not have been a realistic dream. But I think dreams guide us 
uh, from one stage of our life to another. You know, a child may have a very, may have a dream. It's a very unrealistic dream. It's not based in a lot of truth. It may be based in a tremendous amount of fantasy. But I think that when a person is encouraged to look at their dreams, to pay attention to them, to realize that they're very important, that those dreams grow, they morph, they mature, um, and they also, the vision of the dream becomes bigger. It becomes more vast. Here's a great, here's a great book to help with this, by the way. But first, do I have a dream? If not, again, why not? And here's what I would suggest. If you're looking for, well, what is my dream? I would start asking yourself, what do I think about in my secret thoughts? What are the secret wants or desires or fantasies that I have that are good, right? Um, and that, But I don't really tell anybody about them. Like I keep them in that little secret place that I just don't share those things with. I believe that those are little keys that unlock doors into what our dream is. I think that anybody could come back in touch with their dream if they just give it uh, you know, a little bit of focus in that direction, because I think that it's, I think it's very important. That dream will lead you to your purpose. It'll lead you to what you're here to do, the expansion, the growth in a person's life, um, to be, do, and have what it is that they're really put here to do. Again, I think everybody, at least at one time, had a dream. And when, when you, when you think about that for yourself, if you think to yourself, I don't have a dream, or I don't know what that would be, and you're not even finding anything in that little secret space inside of yourself. See if you can remember when you did have a dream, even if it was completely ridiculous, when you were a kid, when you were four years old, right? Go back to that person again and open that door inside of yourself and allow that little kid to come back out and see what that kid's about. See what the difference is between who you are now and when you had that kind of a dream, that's that excitement, that that fun, that anything is possible idea to come in your mind. Because I guarantee you, if you open that door, if you re-spark that desire in yourself, that something is going to come to the surface. And that something just might change your life. Ask good questions and everything will change in the right direction. See you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.